Get Into Geeks Trailer Trash. Get Into Geek, this is Trailer Trash episode 11. We are talking some of the biggest and hottest trailers of the biggest and hottest movies. I mean, I'd like to say coming soon, but coming eventually. My name is Mitch. Joining me, as always, the expert that is Emma. Oh, thanks, Mitch. How are you? Good. I was waiting to see how you'd react to that. But, you know, <laughs> between the two of us, you are so much more intelligible than I. So that's why we bring you on each and every episode. Uh, look, and this one I'm excited to because this feels what we're going to be talking about. And this episode feels very, very me. When I say that, it's a lot of movies that I'm really excited about, a lot of content. But um, more, in particular, the first one that we're going to be talking about, um, you're, I mean, you're arguably you're just as excited as what I am. And that is James Bond, No Time to Die. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm keen for this one. I mean, off off air, you know, you were texting me like, "Hey, we, we got we, there's some theories, you know, there's some conspiracies going on about what you know what this movie's about, and what's I'm really excited for you to share those. If you, you know, I mean, I don't know how many you've got, how juicy we're talking, but I want to break down this movie because, as we all know, ah, we we're going to get it in November, and now it's been pushed back again until uh, like April or May next year. So um, we'll keep talking about it. By the end of it, yeah. we'll have been doing trailer trash episodes in this movie for 18 months. By the time the movie actually comes out so we'll have dissected everything about it also i want to talk about june uh which we are recording this episode about bond like a month after the bond trailer dropped the june trailer dropped about three weeks ago we're finally back into the studio uh and uh and and you're in front of a microphone at the same time that i'm free it's been an absolute whirlwind trying to actually organize a time for us to get in but june today the time we're recording has officially been delayed uh almost a whole year it uh it went from november or october i don't even know when it was going to come out in this year, 2020, to October 2021. And that has then taken on the release date of The Batman, both being Warner Brothers movies. The Batman has now moved to 2022. So COVID is just going to keep fucking with us until at least early 22 on an entertainment level. But hey, we want to talk about it because it come out. And last but not least, something we are definitely getting because we can stay home and watch it, Emma, mm. is the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. So plenty to cover on this, uh, the, today's episode. Let's start off with Bond. So I'm playing uh, that version of the theme music there because one of the first things I noticed about this, which was a nice little throwback, I mean, post the sort of opening action piece, Emma, was that the the particular uh, sound of the James Bond theme music that they played was very Connery, but it was a nice little throwback when we're watching something so modern with Daniel Craig. Did you pick up on that? Were you as excited about it as I was? Yeah, well, I mean, even with the uh, the main theme song that uh, Billie Eilish did with her brother, yeah. they, they've spoken about how they've sampled all the Bond themes in that song. So it's oh, like cool. they are very much throwing back to the, the kind of heyday of James Bond and um, using a lot of that influence in this one, I think. Awesome. Well, I, I mean, I haven't even heard that song yet. I know they released, because obviously Bond was supposed to come out in April this year, 2020, and uh, they released the song about a month, six weeks ahead of time. I only heard the stinger, and I know you and I, like again, we were, we were texting about it when they released the teaser, and I don't know whether you had heard the full song by that stage. I hadn't. I still haven't. They released a video clip for it last week. I'm almost staying away from it. I'm wondering whether I'm going to be able to 
wait until I eventually get to go to a movie theater and watch this and see that in the classic, you know, opening sequence, uh, the titles. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. But that's interesting. Actually, it makes me want to go and listen to it now to see whether I can pick up on all that stuff. That's cool. Which. I guess yeah. in a way it's a nice little tie-up if this is, I mean, it is Daniel Craig's last one that it's like they're wrapping up, you know, Bond, his Bond era, but throwing back to the beginning of Bond that was uh, that was the Connery stuff. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I thought it was a very cool trailer. It was, it was probably, it probably paid off a lot of stuff if you'd seen the other ones. You know, it was just sort of throwing in the fact that uh, Christoph Waltz's Blofeld is in there. Jeffrey Wright is back at Felix Light. You've got uh, Madeline uh, Swan. You've got the new double O. I'm forgetting on the actress's name right now, but it'll come to me. Ray Fiennes, you've got Q. Like, everything was just thrown in because this was supposed to be, I guess, a final trailer. That When this came out, the movie was only two months away, and now this is all we've got to sit on until freaking <laughs> April next year. I hope that this is all they bring out. I hope there is no more trailers. There's no more teasers. There's just this, and then you just wait. That would be nice. I, I think I found that with Bond trailers that it's almost like the 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 company behind themselves. And when I say the company, it's all like Eon Productions sort of things with with Broccoli and uh, and and Michael G. Wilson. That I mean, I I still love to this day that no. James Bond movie title has James Bond in it. No, it's not even 007 semicolon No Time to Die. It's just that you know what we're gonna we're gonna release it. And if you see the poster, you know it's a Bond movie. If you have heard of it, if you watch the ads, you know that that's Daniel Craig. He plays Bond. But it's not like they're over marketing and making the audience dumb. And it's like, oh, this is a James Bond movie, guys. Here we go. So it looked like the I don't know. It, it felt like a funnier trailer if that makes any sense there was plenty of like either subtle humor or some very cheesy when i say cheesy it was almost like dad joke type bond one-liners where you almost saw even though this is a trailer and we're getting scenes and dialogue completely out of context in the entire story or within the scenes themselves and even still i felt like a lot of the the little jokes in there you saw them coming from a mile away and then they left but i kind of i kind of like that because daniel craig plays such a a serious bond and even though i rewatched casino royale oh, the, uh, probably a, a month or two ago when we were still in the hype that this movie was coming out soon mm-hmm. uh with high pitch maddie who i said this is going to be your beginning of your james bond journey we're at least going to watch the craig ones until no time yeah. to die comes out i didn't i didn't realize he had he hasn't seen any of them uh he doesn't think so he said his knowledge of bond comes from archer and also, I, th- I forget which version of Star Trek where they have a couple of episodes in there that like spoof James Bond. Might not even be one episode or one character or something, but he knows what he knew of Bond was just sort of, you know, cheesy action, cheesy one-liners. He was a chauvinist and it was just like you've seen one, you've seen them all, but he's never seen one. He's seen little bits and pieces from a couple. And I said, no, 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 settle down. We're going to rewatch all of them if you can commit to that. He said he would. Um probably should talk to you about that i would like to do make that a, a podcast and get into geek and i would like you to be involved it would be nice but um <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> i mean it's it's a big commitment i said that to maddie but he also has a long list of movies that he would like me to watch that i never have and he said look i'll trade you one for one we'll watch james bond how many are there And i'm like there's gonna be 25 come the end of the year that was a little bit too much for him but uh we started with casino royale and i forgot in a way how you know, funny, not funny. That movie is in a lot of yeah. the way that you know he's 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 such an egotistical prick in that movie. Like it's all about his ego and how much he really thinks of himself and and how that gets him into trouble and how far yeah. ahead of himself that he gets. But I found that 
I think, or from memory, that um, you know, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and then Spectre, a lot of that humor sort of fell by the wayside. Maybe not so much in Skyfall. I felt like that brought it back a little bit because that was. I mean, for, for many people, it's one of the best Bonds ever made. And it was, you know, something of a throwback to a lot of the old Bonds while being a really, really modern uh, Bond film. But I felt Quantum of Solace was just so serious. And I almost yeah. have no memory of Spectre because I just was so disappointed in that movie. But I feel like this one looks like it's it's bringing back that nice action heavy, but also kind of funny mix to a James Bond film. Wasn't it you that were saying that it kind of went, one good film, one okay film, one good film, one okay film. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that's how it's going to work out, no time to die, we should be in safe hands. But, you know, the more it keeps getting pushed back, and like you said, the the, the less we want to see as it goes on, the more worried I get that they're just going to be like, God, we need to keep marketing this movie somehow. You know, cut another trailer, show them more spoilers. So um, I'm hoping that aside, yeah, we are going to get a, another good movie, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I liked, um, I liked seeing, actually, like, even it's such a simple thing, but I think I'm so obsessed with, as we spoke about in our last episode, um, Bond, and in Bond you've got Commissioner Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright, who I just like as an actor anyway, and his personality. I follow him on Twitter; he's really interesting, um, human by the looks of things, and the fact that he, you know, has played Felix Leiter since Casino Royale, but he was back in Quantum of Solace, never heard of again until uh, now. I can't tell him been two films, but still nice to see him just thrown back in there. And even though it's a trailer, they don't make a big deal of his return, and that's kind of what he was in all of the other Bond films all the way through until Timothy Dalton that he was just, you know, he's just the CIA equivalent, but he was just sort of there and he popped up every three or four films and did his bit yeah. and License to Kill, a whole movie revolved around him. But still, like, I just liked it. You know, that's in there and, and it just seemed like a very... It, it's a very Bond trailer. Like, if, if you're a big fan of the mythology and the franchise, I don't know how this couldn't excite you. Did you find the same thing? Like, what is your history? I know I teased it at the start of it, but I, I I forget what trailer trash episode we were doing. I want to say at the end of last year, maybe it was even a conversation off air where you, you sort of revealed to me, I guess you were like, oh, I'm a massive Bond fan or I've grown up watching Bond films. And was it, yeah. it, it it's got a bit to do with your mother. Is that, is that how my memory yeah, yeah. serves? So, um, my mom uh, writes like murder mysteries and stuff and when I was a kid like James Bond is one of her all-time favorite kind of fictional heroes I suppose and cool. yeah when I was a kid we I grew up watching all of the old James Bond films Sean Connery you know um but Pierce Brosnan he was my favorite for a long time Pierce Brosnan, hey, he was James Bond. Yeah, that I mean, he was my Bond. The first Bond I really, truly remember watching was Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, I think as I went on, I remember watching From Russia with Love, and I'm like, oh, I've seen that scene before. I must have watched that with mum and dad. And Thunderball, uh, sorry, not Thunderball, the um, the kind of semi-remake, um, Never Say Never Again. I remember a piece of that. And License to Kill, that opening scene where Franz Sanchez tells his little offsider to cut out a man's heart, and then you hear him screaming off, uh, off camera. I remember that from when I was about eight and I must have stayed up past my bedtime watching whatever show that movie came on and that scared the shit out of me and you didn't see anything. And then it all comes back a few years later when I saw Tomorrow Never Dies and I'm like, that was fucking cool. That BMW in the car park, oh my God. And between that and two years later when The World Is Not Enough came out, I was a Bond 
tragic. Like yep. I spent my weekends up at the video, yes, the video <laughs> store, VHS. I would go in, the woman knew me. She was the only person that ever called me Mitch other than my grandmother. Now everybody calls me Mitch, but she was the first. And I would go up there. I would reorganize the Bond movies into chronological order, release date <laughs> order. And when I'd be like, oh, I'm going to borrow two Roger Moore ones out this week. And I'm like, oh, look what they've done. They put a, Con- a Connery in amongst the Pierce Brosnan ones, the silly fools. And uh, oh, I loved it. I was obsessed with it. And I still I still am. And I'm like, you know, you get your haters out there that go, well, they are one. They're all the same. And I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I'm, I love Bond. He's, it's it's one of my like top three franchises. And yeah. so I, I, I get almost upset when something like Spectre comes out. And I'm like, no, nah, that spits on the mythology. How could you do that to Blofeld? What have you done to their relationship? So... This trailer almost turns that around for me where I'm glad they're just pushing on. They haven't um they haven't gone, Hey, we've given you Blofeld, we've given you the Joker to Bond's Batman. Oh yeah, people didn't like that we made him kind of like a semi like surrogate brother, adoptive brother type situation. Um yeah. but they just pushed on with it. And we get that line at the start of this, your enemy is my enemy. Fate draws us back together. Now your enemy is my enemy. On screen, we see a lot of Safin, um, Rami Malek's character, Safin, and you get Blofeld saying, your enemy is my enemy. So the idea that maybe Blofeld, seemingly like some kind of Hannibal Lecter behind the glass giving assistance to Bond, maybe Blofeld actually needs Bond to help him. It's like, well, I'm locked up. This guy might be destroying all of my work that I've built up so much with Spectre on the outside. You need to go stop him. He's going to destroy the world, but he's also going to destroy my part of the world. So go and do my bidding, you know, semi-adoptive brother. Um, so that kind of twist on it I really like. And that made me start thinking, is is that got something to do with with Emma's, you know, conspiracy theories about the film? Is that, is, is that Am I anywhere close? Like, what have you heard that people are talking about what to do with this movie? I mean- I've only read a couple of things, but the big one seems to be, and I, I don't know if I believe it because I don't want to believe it, but um, <laughs> there's, there's big theories going around that, that, that this will be the death of 007. Yeah, I I mean, I think we spoke about something like, I guess, the first stage of that uh, on our Trailer Trash episode. I think it was like episode seven. It was the last one last year when the first trailer came out. Uh, God, it's <laughs> only a year ago. And uh, we had uh, the new... Double O character and my god am yeah. I blanking on her name still I should probably have googled it in this stage but I'm a man and I can't do two things at once but they said that she would be the new 007 and uh, yeah. well people were saying she's the new James Bond I'm like well she's not she might be the new 007 00 is you know I mean if he's retired for the second time in this franchise between Spectre and this film well then she may have taken up the 00 number and then we we basically said either she dies or she's a traitor. Either way, Bond gets the double O back by the end of the film. But then more people, yeah, since then have been speculating that, well, it's Daniel Craig's last. So, oh, well, they'll just kill him off. And I'm like, but I don't, it frustrates well, me. It, works. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It frustrates me to no end. And I probably banged on about it back in Ep 7 that so many people watch this or they see it from the outside and they go, oh, well, every actor that we've had play Bond is a different character, just happens to be named James Bond with the 007 um, moniker. And I'm like, no. Um, aside from Daniel Craig, they're all the same. You know, Connery did his... He was with Blofeld and then 
George Lazenby got married. Uh, then his wife died. Connery took revenge for that dead wife. Roger Moore uh, then took real revenge and killed Blofeld seemingly for good and for your eyes only, I want to say, uh, for revenge of the death of his wife. Timothy Dalton referred to having been married and so did Pierce Brosnan's character, referred to having been married a long time ago. So they're all the same bond. Daniel Craig, because Die Another Day was so terrible, had to restart the and repurpose the franchise. But... I don't know why they would need to to kill him off and start things over again. The only positive I can see out of that is that then you go back and you do Blofeld again, and he's not like the, he's not the son of a man who adopted an orphan James Bond when they were young children together. Because I truly hated that twist. Um, you know, the, we go back and watch Joker twelve months ago, which we still haven't sat down and have a proper discussion about you and I. But they hinted throughout that movie that oh, hang on, the Joker he might be um, the bastard son of Thomas Wayne and therefore the brother to Bruce Wayne. And I'm like watching that film, going, no, 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 no. Okay, just deal with it. Just watch it. Just watch it. And then by the end of it, it's not what happened. But is it? I don't know. And it became a very Jokerish origin, where it's like it probably didn't happen, but it could have. We'll never yeah. know. So. I don't really want them to to push on with that Blofeld. I wish they had never done that, but I also don't want them to restart the franchise again. Only, okay, it'll be 15 years. By the time this movie comes out, it'll be 15 years since Casino Royale, which is kind of crazy, but I know we're in the modern day of filmmaking and you know, I don't see how we need to keep reinventing the franchise. Just just make a new film and make a different style film like they did between Brosnan and Dalton and more, but just have it as the character that always exists in whatever time the movie is made. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I Like I said, I hope it's not true. I don't want them to kill them off. Mm. I just, I don't know. It, again, it's a bit frustrating in the sense that he's, you know, kind of, I mean, he just became 007 in Casino Royale and then he's like, I'm retiring. And then he, you know, he didn't, so he didn't technically retire. And then at the end of Quantum of Solace, he kind of had, and he had to come. Well, sorry, at the start of Skyfall, they thought he died. And, you know, he went and lived in the Bahamas for a little while. And then he came back. Oh, no, no, no I'm back. I'm back. Don't worry yeah. about it. The end of Spectre, he drives off with Madeline Swan and comes back at the start of this film. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Only to die. Like, I'm like, just let him be Bond, for fuck's sake. Like... Again, I know the old ones you could watch, you know, uh, the second Sean Connery and the fifth Roger Moore and, you know, subsequently they could go in any different order and you could watch them, whatever. It doesn't really matter and they're one and the same, you know, good guy, he befriends the bad guy, you know, the, uh, the damsel in distress dies and he saves the world. Like, yeah, technically kind of they're all, you know, on paper, if you put down four or five plot points, they are all exactly the same, but... I also kind of wanted to see a movie where he starts off as Bond, he finishes it off as Bond, he's not retiring, and he's not coming back from retirement. Um, and don't fucking kill him off, for fuck's sake. Just recast him. <laughs> well, on that, who... I mean, there's a lot of rumours about who they'd be recasting with. Yeah. Any of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it got fresh legs uh, a couple of weeks ago, the whole Tom Hardy thing. Um, yeah. You know, for the longest time, it's been Idris Elba. Um, obviously, Henry Cavill pops up because he, he was apparently, you know, second fiddle to Daniel Craig back in 04 or 05, whenever they cast it for Casino Royale. And, um, you know, now it's not like he's gone away. I mean, he's The Witcher and Superman, you know, it's not yeah. like anyone's forgotten about those characters. So other than those three, I mean, I've always been of the belief that it should be more of an unknown, um, but... I can't say I hate the Cavill thing, even though he is the size of a mountain. I love Tom Hardy, 
but I don't know that I see him as James Bond. He's, he's not James Bond. That was yeah. like when I read that that you know people are pushing for that. I was like, he's not. He's not a British spy. He's yeah. an English gangster. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, <laughs> your prerequisite to be Bond doesn't mean that you're a good actor and you're British. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> all can do a British accent. You know, like, two British actors have played Bond in its history anyway. So, yeah, I I don't know. And then the Idris Elba thing, like, I remember when it first came up and, you know, I'm not, I'm not some racist Nazi or anything. Like, oh, my God, he's black. No, don't give him anything. But I was like, I'm still of the belief that, unless it changes something fundamental or unless something about the character is fundamentally to do with their race, then whoever plays them in a, in a movie or a TV show or whatever, it doesn't really matter what skin color they have. Uh, but for yeah. me, I, th- I think probably to do with a lot of that, I think the end of Skyfall where he went back to his like family home in the country and you sort of got a bit of a feeling of the legacy of his family and who they were way back when that I'm like, this feels that by now when he's this modern Englishman and he's this, you know, this rich guy, I mean, the, the, the money comes from, I guess his job as well, but um, pre, you know, being adopted by the, the Blofeld esque family and all that, that he was this, he was old school white English money. And that's kind of as part of his character. That's why he's got this chip on his shoulder. That's why he does think that he's so good and he's better than, and you know, God, his ego is why he's, yeah, that's, that's what helps make him so good is because he believes that he can. But for me, he's, I I think, I don't know. There's no right answer about this, especially when I'm a white man myself. I go, no, keep, keep this white male character white and male. But, um, I think I've let go of that a little bit recently, but um, at the same time, when these names keep coming up, you're looking at white male Tom Hardy, white male Henry Cavill, white male Robert Pattinson, white male unknown actor. So I don't know. Who who have you got? Because you're definitely coming at it from different eyes than I am, as much as you're a big fan of the franchise. Do you have anyone in particular that you would like to see take it on? Well, recently Henry Cavill put out a, I think it was like a tweet or something, tweeted something about... Um about the whole James Bond thing. And mm. the wording that he used in that tweet was the exact same wording that he used in a tweet about The Witcher. And it was basically oh. like, it's not confirmed, but it's not denied. Right. I think I, I saw it like, yeah, secondhand. He was basically like a, you know, hey, nothing's official, but or not, I've never officially been asked, but if they did, I would love to do it or something. Yeah, yeah. I need to bring, and I keep saying this in a bunch of different episodes, probably here and over on um, Get Into Gate, our Stargate podcast, that... Um, I spoke to uh, Henry Cavill for Man of Steel and I asked him about that and he kind of indicated that, oh, look, a bit of speculation. I wasn't really as far along in the auditioning process as people would like to make out that he was final two, whereas everything since then, including interviews that he gives, seems to suggest that he was final two. So maybe I misremember the interview. I'd like to re- pull that audio back out again. That that audio now is seven and a half years old, and him speaking of an audition process from now, you know, 15 years ago, and to, to pull it out and see what he said about it, because... I, yeah, I do love him. I love his passion. I love the fact that he is this, you know, he is this massive geek. You know, he loves Superman, obviously. I mean, it, it gives him this worldwide profile, this huge role, but that he loves The Witcher. You can really tell that he's into that mythology and, you know, yeah. that he's into all that sort of shit behind the scenes as well. He just happens to be ridiculously handsome and and, and buff and, you know, got all the prowess to be able to play these roles. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against it. I, and Dev, uh, he'd look great in a tux. Yeah. <laughs> did you see uh, actually on um, Man from Uncle? Did you see that a couple of years ago? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what helped actually bring me over the line. I think once he got Superman, he played Superman a couple of times. I'm like, okay, your Bond, what if days? I think are done because you're Superman, mate. Look at you. And then I saw that film, and I'm like, oh, you really can pull off that like secret agent, really well dressed in a tux, and you know he was again. There was you know the uh, you know getting to know the bad guy, damsel in distress sort of you know things, and you know like just a charming. English yeah. agent, I'm like, God damn, is this your is this your audition? Is this your real world audition for James even, Bond? Even Mission Impossible, like, yes, same thing. Very <sighs> like, you know, in the suits and, and yep. like, it. I mean, it was basically James Bond, but I think he has an American accent. And yes, yeah, it's true. I do remember that too. I was like, did he have it? I'm like, he definitely had a moustache. Did he have yeah, an American accent? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, that's the thing is that we we talk. I mean, yeah, we both agree that we really like this trailer, but I'm like, God, we're not even talking about the trailer because it's like we've been talking about a trailer for 12 freaking months now. Like we don't, I was, you know, I, I retweeted that last week, the announcements, hey, we're pushing it back. And it was like a gif of like someone just like smacking their hand on the desk and throwing their computer away. And I was like, that's, I, I, hey, look, I understand because it's a big film and you want it to be seen by as many people as possible but and you know like i don't want people going out to the cinemas when they don't feel safe i don't want a movie released and not being seen by as many people and i don't want to see it dropped on a streaming service just so they get it out because i think this is one of those movies you really want to go and enjoy it with a number of people and hey if you know everyone did the right freaking thing and we were able to just really nut this out for two months where we really hardcore i I know we can't do it overall way a lot of people work, but you got also a lot of dickheads that are out there just not taking things yeah. seriously. And this is why things get pushed back and we just have to deal with it. But you know what? Hopefully, I know I said this with the first delay, hopefully by this next delay, we'll be able to go and see it. I mean, it is, is basically a whole year away. So if it's yeah. delayed again, yeah, I think we're in more serious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like he'll have played Bond by this stage. Like I said, it'll be 15 years by the time No Time to Die comes out that uh, Casino Royale first debuted, or at least the same year, within a couple of months. So he'll have played the role for 15 years. That covers three different decades. And yeah. I thought, surely, like, I know Roger Moore started in the 70s, but he stopped and he played the Bond the most amount of times. He played him seven times. But he only did it across two decades. And, you know, Connery did it uh, two decades as well, but it was like nine years or something. He's going to have played Bond five times but over the space of 15 years across three different decades like it just seems ridiculous and it's like he keeps wanting to get away from this role but the the release date keeps getting pushed back it's like no 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 no. you're still james bond bro so stick around you know do the do the publicity circuit pretend to happy love everything so anyway look as far as the bomb movie goes, the trail, the, the stunts and all that sort of shit look amazing. So, oh, um, no. gadgets, that freaking plane that like it looks like a drone and it becomes a jet that then becomes a sub. <laughs> Fuck me, Bondways. That is just everything 007 that you could want. Like, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. gadgets. Like, why not? Give us that. Does it work? I don't know. I just want to see something cool. So, all the real. Physics, what physics? <laughs> we don't need yeah. any of that. Please. Jesus Thank Christ. God doesn't buy by your physics. <laughs> He already lives in a fantasy land. Like everything looks beautiful. Like every woman walking around is 
like you know the most beautiful woman you've ever seen you see another actor oh most beautiful every other guy is like he's like the most handsome man he comes up against these biggest thugs and everywhere he goes in the world is the most beautiful place you've ever seen in your freaking life it's like this is this is every person's dream where everything you look at is amazing um so yeah look let's hope this is the last trailer we're having to talk about and let's hope the next time we do talk about the film it's very soon it is in may and we can actually talk about a review for the movie Fingers crossed. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? One movie we're definitely not talking about anytime soon. We were going to be seeing it in early November. Now we're going to be seeing it in late October next year. It was so close. June. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream them? Yes. Uh, yeah, Denis Villeneuve. I don't even know how to say his name, and if you asked me to say it again, I'd say it a different way. But um, he's obviously reimagining remake of, uh, well, you know, well, first was a uh, David Lynch film, and then it was obviously the big book series. Was there a TV show as well? I've never seen anything. I've never read anything Dune-related. I couldn't tell you what Dune is or was or looks like it will be. Um, have you been across in any way, shape, or form the Dune mythology, Emma? Yeah. So this is another this is another real random film that kind of like had a weird imprint in my childhood because of my mum. So like she loved the film. She has the books. Um and I remember watching it as a kid and just freaking the fuck out. Right. And like this is the David Lynch movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm really coming in with a blank on this one and even rewatching the trailer, like I was very anticipated this first look trailer of this movie and when i watched it and i'm like huh huh and that was about it because i had no idea what i just watched and then i rewatched it again before we've come in to record today and again i was huh so i've written down paul i'm like lead guy's name is paul or is it paul and someone's just got a different accent and that's the only note that i wrote because i was just fascinated by trying to understand what the mythology is and the awesome visuals that we're going to get but otherwise i know Nothing. So I'll just say what it looks like to me, and then I'll throw it over to you to correct me. I don't know really what's going on. So like planet, obviously we're led by um, Timothy Chalamet, or however you pronounce his um, his name. He's the son of seemingly the ruler of whatever world they're on. They're going to be invaded by like John Travolta's offsiders from Battlefield Earth, uh, and there's also some kind of. Romeo and Juliet type thing going on between Timothy Chalamet's, is it Paul? I don't even know his character and Zendaya's character who he has premonitions of. And so it's almost like this, yeah, these forbidden lovers in the middle of this like global slash galactic war between two warring peoples. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Emma, what's going on with June? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a couple of years since I've seen the film. No, 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 no. no. You're an expert. So uh, go on. Yeah, so basically, yeah, Paul is a prince. His his father is like um, some like lord or something, and um, he has like these premonitions, and um, they put out a hit on him. I think someone tries to assassinate him, but then he's he's like in an arranged marriage, and then uh, do you want me to tell you what I actually remember from the film? 
Sure. And I mean, that might help because I think that's, as far as reviewing the trailer goes, I'm wondering how much of it is sort of made for the audience that's already familiar with the mythology. I think sometimes when you do get, you know, a, a franchise or, um, a, a, you know, a, a property like this, where they, you know, Denis, the director, seems to be really invested in this world and, and at least the source material, if not the original film, that he made this being a lover and then it's whether or not he sat there and edited every frame of the trailer this trailer feels like it's hey this is roughly what it's about but if you know the story you know what we're showing you here whereas people like me are like yeah. i mean it looks cool i love spas you know space stuff um but i feel like if you're not you know going out to watch a star trek or a star wars or any other you know futuristic type movie that's set either in space or not aliens or otherwise that you're not going to you're not going to go for this because it feels very in world it feels like you know you've got to be inside the joke to get this trailer so by all means fill in the gaps for me yeah yeah so uh, again it's been a long time since i've seen the film but from what i like the the trailer actually did bring back a lot kind of of what was happening so the main thing is like it's all about the spice which is this like kind of magic uh stuff that it's kind of a drug but then it's also kind of a fuel but then it can also kind of make you travel mm -hmm. like time travel or something. yeah okay um and there's like yeah basically a war for it i think and um that's that that's kind of i think the main thing you need to know I mean, even you just saying that, that feels like it fills in a mat. Other than the fact that you know, Javier Bardem's character is this massive warlord who just wants to come in and kill an entire race of other people on another planet. It's like, cool, but why? Like, I get that I get that works for a lot of other movies. And look, say something like Independence Day. They, the aliens come down, they kill everyone. Why? Well, they just wanted to. They wanted to destroy us, consume our resources. What was that? Doesn't matter. They just want to blow everyone up. It's all about the explosions. That's what we wanted to see in that Roland Emmerich movie from the nineties, because that's what we loved back then. Whereas now it's like, oh, cool. We need, you know, we want to, they. Denis even said himself a couple of weeks ago in some interview. He goes, "This is Star Wars for adults." And it's like, oh, <laughs> damn, because like Star Wars has famously been a for 12 year old boys george lucas said that make it for 12 year old boys it'll be great for everybody whereas recently the films have been trying to be no well, we're going to make it for the 12 year old boys that were 12 in the 1980s we're now making it for 40 year old men who are going to scream and whinge about everything so for that for this to be yeah, an adult star wars i think i just was missing that there is a key thing they've come to get and they're not just coming down they're motiveless faceless bad guys we've just got famous actors to play them yeah, no, the, I think that's the whole idea is that everybody's after the spice. Cool. Ap apart from that, all I really remember is um, the weird nose plugs. Um, that freaked me out. The bad guy was like, his face was just all like boils and sores and that freaked me out. The worms were super gross and mm. <laughs> they freaked me out. <laughs> and then there's like, a, not a cult, but like these like, um like they're witches or something and okay. they're just all of these little old women with shaved heads going around <laughs> it's a lot for things. a young girl to take in i imagine it was, when you're it was a lot i think i was like maybe <laughs> nine years old when i watched it and it was just like the glowing blue eyes man it's like i saw them in my nightmares <laughs> 
Oh, shit. I'm just looking at this cast. Like, you know, we look at No Time to Die, and it's like, it's like a lot of cast, but also a lot of cool characters. This one. Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac, Dave Bautista, Stellan Sarsgaard, Javier Bardem, Charlotte Rampling, and that's just the top. And then we go on and on. I could probably pick out a few other sort of oh that guy um, actors, yeah. but my Christ, what a! And you look at that, and I'm like, well, it must be good. Like for this sort of film, where you know, especially I look at say Oscar Isaac, who obviously played a somewhat big role, probably should have been a bigger role, but that's half of his problem with his role in the Star Wars franchise. And he's went, I'm done. I'm so yeah. done with that franchise. I loved his character, but they didn't really. I don't know. I feel like they didn't give him enough oomph. You know, he was there, but you know, they were just you know they they didn't fire in all cylinders those movies, regardless of what cylinders you liked about them. That just didn't seem all there and a lot of them have come out since then went yeah yeah we're, we're totally done with that star wars machine yet in the middle of it oscar isaac signs up to do another space epic based on a beloved you know even if it's more of a cult beloved but still like a, a very infamous franchise um to come back and a, and a remake of not even like star wars where it's like we're going to make sequels we're going to make new stories new and new characters that are going to that are going to tell these tales this is a remake and a retelling that so uh, for me I, I look at that and i'm like well jesus it there must be something there and for denis Villeneuve, uh again i'm saying his name differently he just you know made the sequel to blade runner he's made some really heavy dramas like your prisoners yeah. and then your sicarios and all that sort of stuff and much smaller films for him to i think take another when was the first june in the 80s at some stage 1984 take another 80s franchise a sci-fi franchise that's you know a, a cult classic and go, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend more years of my life where I could be probably be winning more Oscars if I'm gonna make another Prisoners or another Sicario or another um, Enemy or something. But now I'm gonna pour my my talent and uh, and my credibility into this sort of stuff that I can only imagine that it's gonna be good. And it's just a shame that all this build up was happening. We were six weeks out from the film coming out before we even get our first trailer, and then it's just nah, we're gonna strip that back. We're actually gonna wait an entire freaking year just yeah. to give it to you so is there any reasoning behind the delay was it the film wasn't ready or is it because of covid i'd have to say it's got to be same deal with covid as with bonds you know it's just that we're, we're we wanted to wait until the last possible moment to see where the country's at um speaking only from an american point of view i can imagine and then see where the world is at is it going to be cost effective for us to put it out there and, and get enough return but i'd like to say that yeah the film has been finished considering how close we are um i know say wonder woman for example that was supposed to come out in june and then it got pushed back to uh i want to say like november and then now it's back to december apparently that's been finished since like the start of the year which kind of worries me i know we spoke about it in our last episode about the latest trailer and i was like you know what they're not finished you know with the effects that's why cheetah looks like dog shit and I'm yeah. like, hang on, no, they said they were finished. Like, like they could have released it at the end of last year. Um, Patty Jenkins basically come out and and said, yeah, it's it's all done. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that that June is in the same boat. That it's not a case of it not being finished, even though it looks like this giant movie, which I do believe actually is in two parts, or they're going to be filming a second half. It's not going to be a trilogy. It's just going to be June one and June two. Um, but surely it's a case of yeah, it's just COVID and not the fact that it hasn't um, that it hasn't been finished. But you know that sucks. It goes back and takes obviously a, a release date that they're very keen on in uh, late October, which was where the Batman was supposed to be. You get that you know the Batman looks like this very 
you know, crime thriller, and it was going to probably really take advantage of the Halloween um, time frame of the year. And now it's been pushed back yeah. until like I think March in 2022, so it's going to lose that. But yeah, fucking COVID, man. It's just like you know, again, doing much more damage to much more important things in our world. But while we're here specifically talking about uh, films, it's just taking all the fun out of things. Like, yeah, it really has. Yeah. Well, one thing, definitely won't be taking the fun out of because it's TV. They got into it early. They filmed in their own bubble. They had bubbles within bubbles and then a studio inside that mini bubble and they got this shit done in front of green screens and all kinds of fun. It's The Mandalorian Season 2. Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. Yes. They can't stop this one from from getting to us. No, this one's coming. It's you know, unless suddenly our lounge rooms are dangerous to be seated in, then we are going to be watching this shit. Disney Plus, October thirty, this starts streaming. So this trailer is a couple of weeks old. At the time of us recording, it is three and a half weeks away before we get Mandalorian season two. I am in the middle of a somewhat rewatch, somewhat first watch of the animated series Star Wars Rebels. I only ever saw the first of four seasons back when it first dead and uh, for whatever reason stopped when I did and then just never picked it up again even though I sing its praises and tell everyone to watch it um, <laughs> mainly because we're maybe still we don't get any confirmation in this trailer getting Rosario Dawson playing the fan favourite character of Ahsoka Tano and she playing a huge role in the Star Wars The Clone Wars series comes back in Rebels and I'm like no no I want to see her story in Rebels which is set you know around about the time of A New Hope just before that and then I want to see where she is 10, 12 years later uh, in The Mandalorian. And uh, either way, we don't get any confirmation of her, but I really dug this trailer for as little as we get from it, and a lot of it just being a big montage at the end. It was uh, it was tickling everything under the tickle, I mean, not to be disgusting, but um, I'm uh, two thumbs up for Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, it's... Um, I think, it's, I mean, the first season was great, so high hopes for the second season and uh hopefully they don't let you down really that's the big thing yeah and i think maddie and i did a uh only a couple of episodes ago and get into get when when they first started talking about the casting rumors really they were never confirmed but they come out said rosaria dawson's playing ahsoka tano and that tamora morrison is coming back which i think is confirmed we just don't know whether he's playing He's obviously not playing Django Fett like he did in episode two because he got his goddamn head chopped off. Is he going to be playing uh, Boba Fett? Is he kind of too old to play Boba Fett? Is he going to be playing a clone that's just still hanging around post Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars? He could play, you know, any number of a thousand different clones or any number of actual true characters. But um, then they another couple of animated um, characters. I think uh, Hera from from Rebels. Um, they're like, oh, this person's going to be in it. This person's going to play this role. And, and nothing was confirmed, which Maddie was worried about. It's like, why would you spoil casting in a trailer? But they, Disney, to their credit, never actually 
did. And they don't even reveal any of those potential uh, rumoured castings in this trailer. And for me, I think it actually will still be enough. If it's much like the first season, uh, if we don't get all those characters, I would love that. But I really loved about the first season. What I really loved about the first season looks like we're going to be getting more of in the second. And continuing that story of Mando looking after the child, I, I That'll, that'll be good enough for me, but I just hope we do get those bigger ones. But you being much more of a casual Star Wars fan and not this like uber nerd like me, even though I'm not like the knowledgeable uber nerd, I'm just fanatic about it. What did you yeah. like so much about the first one? And yeah, does this trailer make you want to watch the second one? Yeah, I guess I think for me, like like you said, I'm not the, the, the super knowledgeable person when it comes to Star Wars. I'm just a very casual viewer. And I... I think what I really enjoyed and why I really enjoyed it is because I don't know all that stuff that you were kind of talking about, like mm. suspecting this person's coming back and this person's just like, I'm not holding out any kind of hope or expectation. Yeah. That I think a lot of other people who are hardcore fans of the franchise would be holding out for. So I can kind of sit back and just enjoy <laughs> it a bit more, I think. Which I think that's, that's definitely like the best way to watch it, I think. Like, I, I love eating up a lot of different Star Wars content. You know, obviously, everything that's made now is all part of the canon, part of the mythology, whether you're playing a video game, reading a comic, reading a book, watching a TV series, or the movies, everything is official mythology. And so that's the worst news for me because I'm like, oh, I love the six movies. Oh, well, there's Clone Wars. Okay, well, I'm going to watch Clone Wars. And there's Rebels. Sick, I'm going to watch Rebels. That's all watchable. That's fine. Reading a book, much more time-consuming for me. And I can't read a book, as I've found recently, while I'm cleaning the kitchen, right, which I can do when I'm watching TV. I can do the dishes while I'm watching um, Rebels or something. Uh, I, I can do. I can edit you know, a podcast while I'm cleaning my room. I can just have headphones on. When I sit down and actually read a book, like it actually dawned on me the other week because I'm always doing three or four things at once because I'm always running late, believe it or not. Um, I'm like, if I read, that's literally all I can do. And I love reading. I don't want to listen to an audiobook. I want to read a book. But all that stuff is out there and they mention a lot of different characters. There are new stories. There are new planets. There are new events that have happened so that when you got The Mandalorian, I sat back and I listened to a podcast by a really hardcore Star Wars nerd and that I would only aspire to be. I don't mean nerd in a bad way. Um, and he was referencing things that I had never heard of that they just hinted at in this TV show. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't lose anything by not knowing that. But now I kind of wish I knew the backstory. But I didn't. Yeah. I, it, I wasn't living or dying by. I hope that they bring this up, and I hope that they include this. So, yeah, you're right. I I kind of wish that they never had reported on the um, apparent casting of of any of those characters. I really do want Ahsoka Tano, and I really do want Rosario Dawson to play her. But yeah. we, I, I'm. I think I'm braced at this stage. I'm braced for the fact that we might not get her until maybe the season finale, and it's more of a season three thing, which they're already talking about. Look, that you know they've they've got ideas where they want to get to or when they might want to start shooting or something. But I'm ready for that, and that we're going to get more Mando and more Child, and then if we get into real Star Wars mythology heavy stuff, then all the better for it. Um, but other than that, yeah, I just, I really liked this trailer because it was a very slow build-up um, up until that moment where they mentioned the Jedi and the War of Mandalore, which even me, with all the stuff that I've watched, I still don't know too much about. And I guess this yeah. is where they're going to take that chance to 
really sit back in a live action way. Maybe we even get to see some of it in a, in a, in a flashback episode. You know, um, I, I saw actually a list of who wrote the series the other day. John Favreau, I think out of the eight episodes, he writes six of them. Uh, Dave oh, Filoni, who's like the two I see as far as like Star Wars creators uh, under George Lucas, who knows everything about Star Wars. He wrote one. And then uh, Rick Famuyiwa, the director, who he directed one of the first um, first season's episodes. I think he writes like episode seven of this series or something. So it's a very insular sort of crew that have come back from season one, and they're obviously know where they're going. They know what they want to do. They know what they want to reference from Star Wars mythology, but also just tell a really cool kind of like secluded story in some other part of the galaxy, which for me is it's the future of Star Wars when we don't want to make this. The sequels, which, you know, tried to, you know, bring back so much stuff and just didn't do it in a way that everybody loved. And, you know, I hear some people say, well, Star Wars needs to forget about the Empire, forget about the Jedi, forget about the Force, just go to a, another random planet with random aliens and, and tell us a cool story. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then... Like the Marvel movies are Star Wars because they're set on a different planet in a different time with no Force, no Empire, no Jedi. Like, you need something of that to be... In the, in that world, in that universe, and for me, like I, I I can only speak against the idea they go well. Mandalorian is so far away from everything that the movies are about that it's its own story. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's full of fucking empire stuff. It's post empire. They're now talking about Jedi. They're talking about the Mandalore War and all that sort of stuff. So I love that they're almost bringing more of that back. We see a lot of troopers in uh, in this in this on like um, speeders and stuff chasing seemingly chasing after the Mandalorian and all that sort of stuff. So it looks like the most Star Warsy thing that ever Star Wars to to some extent. So the fact that it can get me and clearly the fact that it can get you wanting to watch it I think means that it's kind of like the perfect representation of what that brand either is or needs to be at this stage to just bring yeah. in keeps that Disney Plus money coming back in yeah I think it's just like it's very like it is set in in the Star Wars universe like you said with you know the Empire is still very much still there and you know they refer back to a lot of that stuff but I like the fact that it's not just dudes running around in their little capes and stuff swinging lightsabers like <laughs> yeah. that's like when you think about star wars that's all you come up with is just mm. lightsabers which I like. is ironic in the sense that people complained that in the sequels which were very much about that that we got next to none of that you know and i think in the entire <laughs> last jedi we didn't even get a lightsaber battle and you know in the second one it's like well we kind of got a, a little one in the first one we got a little one but it was literally like one in each of the other films and it's like god yeah. damn it like again just 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 appeal to us base level fans just let us see sword lights fighting and people yeah. yelling out for stuff and pushing each other with kinetic energy i don't know um but no you're right like that's what we want to see we want to see it in that world but yeah. you know about a, a lone gunman mandalorian doesn't pre like it doesn't pretend to be that it is just like its own story it's yeah I think that's what I like most about it is because there are so many cool concepts that could exist in that world. So why not explore that? Why keep harping on about, you know, this one family that exists. <laughs> and you think too, like as far as we know about the mythology, like whether you play the old video games or you delve into the stories where they got the old Republic and it, you're talking like a thousand years in the past and it's like, oh, some stuff happened there. And, you know, they talked about it in the, I think, Phantom Menace and stuff about, you know, the Sith hasn't been around for a thousand generations or a thousand years, depending on which um, word they like to use. And then nothing until 
I don't know, the last 40 years. Like between, you know, The Phantom Menace and the sequels, there's like, I don't know, what, a 60-year, 80-year period or something? Like it's not a it's not a long time in this like endless and very ancient galaxy where these battles have been going on for a long time. So while The Mandalorian does fit into that world, it's, you know, eight years post-Return of the Jedi or something, I love that about it, that it's sort of the remnants of those stories. But there is so much other stories to explore. And I think by now it should have already come out. But with COVID, I don't know how that would stop a book release. But there's this whole new chapter of the of the written Star Wars that's about... Oh, what are they... I forget the actual word of it now, but it's like the, it's not obviously the, the Republic now. It's not the old Republic, but it's somewhere set a couple of hundred years ago where they can pretty much have free reign and do whatever they want to do and tell these stories. And that's kind of where it needs people either want to see sequels, immediate sequels, or fill in, fill in the gaps. And, you know, that's what Mandalorian's, it's kind of doing a bit of both. It's this kind of semi-sequel to stuff we've already seen. It's set before the latest stuff we've seen but it's telling a story that is not gonna it's not gonna impede anything we've seen that's based after it or let's let's hope not or let's hope it kind of makes what we've seen that's set after it just a little bit better um but in the end like like you said you know if it's getting these non-star wars you know fans over the line i mean yoda himself just looks too star wars to be for anybody else but then you get baby yoda and it's like everybody loves. It. I know it's not Baby Yoda. I know it's the child. You know, no people come at me, but like everyone loves that guy. Everyone loves that little kid. Like it's Baby Yoda. It's a little. It's a little alien thing that doesn't talk, but that can use the Force. And everyone loves that thing. It doesn't matter that it looks like the most Star Warsy thing ever. It's Baby Yoda, and everyone can. It's like you know, it's the, it's, it's what twenty twenty needs. We need more Baby Yoda. We need to come around and communally love something, and we and we get to do that at the end of October, Emma. Thank goodness, we need something. Am I am I relying on this show too much to make me feel better about things? Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> I mean, maybe just a little else bit. Has been taken away. <laughs> everything else sucks. Give us more fucking baby Yoda, for Christ's sake. This is the way. All right, well, you know, we're recording this only three and a half weeks out from The Mandalorian actually premiering on Disney+. And uh, look, our last episode got up a little bit late. So well, uh, this will be, be out very quick. Oh, my God, because people want to hear it, obviously. I mean, they want to hear me just ramble on. Uh, but look, that's, uh, that's look, no time to die. We're getting that in May, uh, June. We're getting that in later October. Mandalorian Season 2, we're getting that October 30. Nothing with an asterisk. We'll stop that. 2020, we'll find a way. Um, but... Let's hope. We're not too far. We can almost touch it. Let us get to it very, very soon. Uh, this could have been a supersized episode of uh, of Trailer Trash because there was a lot of other stuff that I know I wanted to talk about. I know you had um, suggested for the show as well. So we will be back in the next episode to talk about some of that stuff. Um, the, the one at the top of my head, because I can't remember the list that I wrote down of other stuff, but it's a new trailer that dropped today, recording day, which we have already spoken about. But again, it hasn't come out yet, and that's Free Guy. Have you seen the latest trailer for Free Guy? I haven't seen the latest trailer for it, no. Neither have I. So between now and our next episode, we're going to go watch it. Um, the good thing about that, and you can only expect from Free Guy what we know of that movie and more so Ryan Reynolds, the teaser for Free Guy was about the fact that it might be coming out soon. It's in <laughs> December probably, and then 
it's it's like him and the uh you should go and check it out if anyone hasn't checked it out i think you can find it on all his socials but it's him and the other actors sitting down on a zoom chat with the director and he wants them to do voiceovers for the trailer but you know give us a coming out december coming out this october coming out in june and just in case we have this delayed at least we've got a relevant VO for the trailer. Uh, they're just taking the piss out of it. Look, it comes out in December, maybe, but definitely we get a new trailer for it. So you go watch that because we were both excited about it at the end of last year for the first trailer. And hopefully, again, we'll get to see that in December as well. And plenty more coming on next week's version of, uh, of Trailer Trash. So uh, thank you, Emma, as always. Thanks, Mitch. Always a pleasure. We'll uh, talk to you soon about more movies that may or may not be coming out soon. Get into geek.